Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Cherish Finden, TV judge and multi-award winning pastry chef. Coming up on today's show... Cherish reveals she may not be a morning person. I really do not like people to talk in the morning. More deep philosophy from Phil. There's a time and place for precision and there's a time and place for, you know, just letting it all out. And Cherish tells us the quickest way to her heart. If you give me bean on toast with grilled cheese and a glass of wine, for me that is heaven. All that and so much more as we chat through Cherish's story and journey to date. A superb insight into how to build a career that takes you to the top. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week, so hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a share across your favourite social channels. Let's share those stories as far as we can. In addition, we're extremely proud to be supporting Hospitality Aid, a Live Aid-style concert fully streamed online around the world, packed full of performing talent from within the industry. Head over to experience101.co.uk to get involved. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the next edition of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today, we move back into the kitchen, but in an area we've not yet covered, and that's the world of pastry, which in reality covers quite an awful lot, actually, of sweet and savoury delights, which I'm sure we might talk about over the course of the conversation. Having worked in some of the most world-famous hotels, Raffles in Singapore, Marco Polo Hotel in Singapore, as well as probably a career-defining stint at the Langham Hotel in London, she now finds herself taking on the, uh, well, an exciting challenge of being part of the, the, the pre-opening team for the upcoming Pan Pacific in London, as well as making one hell of a name for herself on the wonderful Channel 4 series, Bake Off the Professionals. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show, Cherish Finden. Hello, hello everyone. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. Good, good, good. The uh, Where in the world are you today? Well, I'm feeling very good, very positive, um, happy. Excellent. I tell you what, the most happier news for me yesterday. The gym is opening on the twenty fifth of July. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a, well. I I got. I think everybody that's got a gym membership around the the world, or well, around the UK, will have got a a message from their gym saying we're reopening and this is what it's going to look like. Uh, It's going to going to look a bit different. Brilliant news for me. Brilliant. Yeah, exercises great though isn't it for the brain oh yeah definitely excellent well maybe you could kick us off by uh by just giving us a a, a, i suppose a snapshot of who you are and what you do well um cherish finden uh, a tv judge and uh also the executive pastry chef for the uh, pan pacific london yeah that's well that's one of that's an exciting project for anybody who's listening around the world it's going to be one of London's highest profile openings for for quite some time. There's a lot of chit chat around it, which is really exciting. And also for me, it's at Liverpool Street, and that's my mainline station. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Good, good. I'm very excited as well because I would like to bring a slice of uh, Singapore into UK and London. Oh, fantastic! Well, I definitely look forward to that. I'm coming in for tea and cake as soon as I can. Um, but you're opening in 2021, is that right? Well, we're opening uh, next year. Yeah, and all all is good for that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Very excited, uh, very excited with the project because uh, hotel is from Singapore and I'm from Singapore. So hopefully, I can bring a lot of goodie into London. Yeah, 
No, absolutely. It seems on it from the outside looking in like a really strong marriage. So I uh, I wish you all the very best with that. Thank you. So take us all the way back to the beginning of your career. How wow. did you get into uh, into hospitality in the first place? Well, my father was very, very sick and my mom has to go out to work and I have to take as a responsibility being a chef at home, being the youngest, what I can do is actually pretty limited. Okay. So I started off cooking rice. Uh, I remember my first dish that I cooked was instant noodle that I cooked for myself. Pretty pleased because then I was so young and uh, I was uh, promoted to become a chef at home and I started uh, my first dish I remember was fried rice. And that was uh, pretty challenging because uh, cooking rice the the way that my mom liked it uh, was actually quite challenging. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chinese being Chinese, where the rice has to be uh, not stick to each other. It need to be a grain, and it cannot be stick together. So there, yeah, there's a lot of technique to cook a good rice. Yeah, I, I bet that there's. I think everyone that's interested in cooking had that had a moment. Uh, whereby you you, know, you you prepare your first dish and I, I put dish in inverted commas because for me I remember the the day that I was able to pull off beans on toast uh, you know uh, it felt like a great achievement at age five or however old I was but you've got to start somewhere right well I got to tell you a secret uh, bean on toast is my favorite is it? <laughs> with a glass of wine fantastic well I know I know what to cook you if you ever come around my house then You'll make me a very happy chef. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. So, yeah, uh, ca- carry on. Well, then, because I got a lot of compliments from my sibling because they enjoy eating what I cook, and I enrolled myself into a cookery school. And before that, I was actually enjoying myself because mom used to give me a $3 sing. Uh, that was about a pound that I have to actually budget myself to cook for the whole family. So meal right. was pretty easy. It was like an, an omelette. So I usually will make about three eggs and we, we usually have it with rice and that is the meal we have for lunch. And dinner might be just a little bit more heavier. Um, so it's, it's whatever I cook was pretty much uh, to fill us up and very economical as well. Yeah. Mm. But that well, I mean that makes sense, right? If you're if your budget is limited, you've got to make that you've got to stretch that out as far as it can yeah so we were pretty thrifty and the only time that we have um, meat like a drumstick was like Chinese New Year so it's only occasionally that uh, we have meat at home so it was quite a luxurious to have uh, meat uh, when I was young right mm. do you think being thrifty kind of teaches you a skill that you then take forward when you did become a chef like in terms of food wastage and and therefore your better commercial return on what you're preparing? Well, definitely because being given only $3, you know, to for marketing, I learned to budget at a very, very young age. Yeah. Uh, every penny count. I remember that when I was making an omelette, every piece of egg white is being scraped right clean from the eggshell. So I think this is a very good habit and I never take anything for granted. I respect all the food. I respect all the ingredient that is in the fridge as well. So yes, definitely. Brilliant. So your well, your first taste of hospitality was at home then. Yeah, definitely. And um, I have to, I have to admit that it made me a very strong person. 
that um, I, I always tell myself that uh, I want to make it one day. I, I want to push myself to the maximum and yep. never take anything for granted. Absolutely. So what happened next? Well, I enrolled myself to a cookery school because being uh, I'm not very good at school. Whenever I look at mathematics and science, it always gives me headache. Right. No, I know. I know. I was rubbish at school. However, when I stepped into the uh, Shatek, is is a culinary school. I felt that I felt home. I felt that this is me. It was kind of a very strange kind of feeling where I put on my chef uniform. I felt that this is me. I, I found myself. Yeah. I was really pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Great stuff. And so, how long were you there for? Yeah, I was in the school for two and a half year, and I went out. Uh, Sheraton was my first uh, uh, a trainee job. I really, really enjoyed myself in uh, the Sheraton. Then I was working in a fine dining restaurant. However, everything was too big for me. I remember that the steamer and then the oven, they were just too huge, the pots and pan. And uh, you know, there's one day that I just looked across the glass panel and I saw this magical place, which called the Pastry Kitchen. Right. And I thought, no, I want to get in there one day. I really want to get in there one day. So I went, uh, knocked on the door. My exec chef walked in. I said, chef, can I make a request? Could I be transferred to the Pastry Kitchen? Right. And a few days later, I got a very amazing news that, yeah, Cherish, you will be transferred to the Pastry Kitchen next month. I was over the moon so from there i, I mean uh, it just take off from there you knew quite early on then in your career that that was the space for you within the kitchen well i have to admit that it was i don't know it was just that when i look at it i, I see those magical pastry that they produced they was just so amazingly beautiful they were so colorful i saw the fruit tartlet i saw the linzer tart the sucker cake and that is what pulled me in Right. And I said, I really, really want to get in there. And I really want to have a slice of all those beautiful pastry and cake. And that take me into the pastry kitchen. Well, I, I was going to say the rest is history, but I'm not going to leave it there. We need to hear the rest. So <laughs> we're, um, I'm not going to shortcut this, uh, this story for sure. So you, you, you got transferred into the kitchen. What happened next? I got transferred to the pastry kitchen. Then I was still a trainee, so... Then they asked me whether would I like to enter a competition. I said, yeah, why not? Then I, I don't really know competition. I, I don't really understand competition. So I went for my first competition and I remember that I got myself a blonde medal. Okay. I was over the moon. I said, wow, this is thrilling. This is something. This is achieving. This is, this is actually what I want to do. And that is where my competition career take off from there where every year you will see that, that when there's a competition there's cherish so cherish <laughs> was everywhere and i remember that i was very competitive at one year that i took up actually four category in one uh, year competition so uh, that was really hard work because i have to work day and night to achieve what i want to achieve and i remember one night that i was so tired so tired i took my pen knife because i love to work with pen knife because they're sharp they're clean so i was i was actually so tired that night and my pen knife was slightly dirty with chocolate and i cleaned i thought i was cleaning it on my sleeve 
and actually I was cutting myself oh. so deeply that I have to and uh, I have to admit myself to the hospital. It was a pen knife. It was a brand new pen knife, and I remember that I was I was cutting. I think there was still scar on my arm now. Right. And, yeah. Well, yeah, well so it was uh, overtired. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a lesson straight away, right? The um, I think it's. It's one thing to pursue your dreams and goals, but you've definitely got to look after yourself along the way. Yeah, but that was a very good lesson. I was like, okay, Cherish, if you're tired, you need to just close your eyes, have a cup of coffee before you come back again. So I've become very competitive. I make sure that I go for competition every year. And somehow uh, the Singapore national team spotted me. Okay. And they uh, approached me to ask whether would I like to be in the national team. And I was over the moon because, you know, what an opportunity, what an honor and pleasure to be invited by them to become one, uh, the national team. Absolutely. And again, uh, this is where they take off, where I start to travel to America, to Germany, to Switzerland, to compete around the world. Well, my career didn't end uh, at that. So I found that I think it's time for me to move on. So I actually went over to France for my first job. Um, I remember that I was working in Champs-Élysées. Uh, started work at 12 o'clock midnight and finished the next day uh, noontime. It was hard. It was hard because, first of all, I could not speak French. Right. However, the standard was so high in France and I enjoyed every moment when I was there. And then I moved to England. Oh my goodness, I fell in love with England. I remember that when I went for the first class, I remember it was a, a sugar flower courses that I went to. Right. Everybody was just so warm and nice. Every minute they asked me, would you like to have a cup of tea with a biscuit? I say yes. <laughs> That's welcome to, welcome to England. Yeah. <laughs> I fell in love because first of all, I can speak the language. And secondly, everybody was just so warm and I just felt in love with this place. Mm. Yeah, so I ended up uh, in England and yeah, beautiful moment for me. Yeah. So where did you secure work at that point? Well, my first job in uh, England, uh, in uh, London was a Great Eastern Hotel, which is the Endas Hotel at the moment. Yeah. So it was quite tough in a way because... I don't really speak very good English. And I think the Londoner, they speak too fast for my understand. Right. Um, somehow, a lot of time I have to ask them, would you mind speaking a bit slower? I beg your pardon. And they somehow get used to the way I understand them. They, they are very, uh, very uh, supportive and very kind to me. And somehow they feel make me feel at home when I was working in the Great Eastern Hotel. Right. Um, and that is where I built up my confidence. Well, it's a two-way thing, isn't it? When um, when you, you start somewhere new, and especially you've got a couple of things to kind of get your head around, one being the, the cultural differences of, of a new country. Yeah. But uh, two, if your English is not at the level of everyone else, then it's it's in their interest to persevere with you and not, you, you know, not, not make you feel small and... Useless. Well, it's uh, never a time, never a minute that I felt that I was looked down upon, never a minute that I felt that people is unwilling to, to help me. Mm. So I'm very fortunate. I have to admit that within my career, 
I I'm very fortunate to meet a lot of people that is supporting me all the way through my career. Right. Mm. No, absolutely. So that was also it's quite a big hotel, isn't it? To to come into as your kind of first foray into the to the the London scene. But then I suppose you you have worked up until this point. You'd worked in some big hotels already. Yes. Um. Likewise, like back in Singapore, I also was working for the Raffles Hotel. I was the uh, chef uh, leading the team, and it was hard work. Back in Singapore, we worked six day, but it was a beautiful establishment, a lot of history. Um, yeah, it's one of those hotels that, like for um, for London, if you're a, a, an overseas tourist, everybody thinks of the Ritz, and if you're going to come to London, you have to have afternoon tea at the Ritz. For me, it was the same when whenever I I went to Singapore a couple of times in my early career with uh, cruise ships, and it was one of those hotels where you just had to go to it. It didn't matter if you just had a coffee or you had a Singapore sling, which is what I ended up having. <laughs> you you know, it's just a hotel that you have to visit if you're if you're going to Singapore because it has that much history. Oh, definitely, and I I felt that I learned so much from the Raffles Hotel because we have so many promotional. We invite a lot of uh chef to the hotel to have a lot of promotion in the hotel. So in fact, I learned a lot from the Raffles Hotel. So one of the best hotel that I work in. Yeah, a great place to get your grounding, I would imagine. Yeah, in and the industry. Uh, on top of that, I was working with uh, Chef Peter Kanip. Um he was so strict, you know. Um the kitchen has to be very clean. We have to be very professional. Whatever we do, we could not actually cowboy close and inverted comma, everything had yep. to be done very proper. So I think um, my discipline, I definitely, I said that it is definitely from the Raffles Hotel, from Peter Kanip. I pick up yep. a lot of good habit and also, yeah, I picked up a lot of good habit from, from that hotel. Well, it, it set the scene, I guess, for the rest of your career, really, in, in terms of, especially if you felt a connection to that level of yep. detail. Yeah, you take that forward then into your into all the the jobs that you have next, I guess. Well, I, I guess as a chef, discipline is very important. Knowing what you do is very important. Discipline is 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 very very important for me in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I have to admit that I'm very strict in the kitchen. I've have followed a lot of footsteps from Peter Kanip, a lot of good footsteps from him as well. Yeah. So I'm very grateful to him up to today. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I mean, you need these uh, early career mentors, don't you, to to form you and help you find your own identity. Definitely. I, I know that he always pushed me to the maximum to a point where I almost fell off the cliff. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was a tough man to, to work with. Believe me, I've never met a, a, a tougher uh, exec chef compared to him. But I take it very positively whenever he said that, Cherish, you're not good in this. You know what? I said, Chef, you wait. Give me a few months. I'll prove to you that I'm better than what you think I am. So I think that his intention was good. He always wanted to challenge me. And he know that I can be pushed to the maximum. And he yeah. know that whenever he said something, I take it very seriously. But of course, I take it very positively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, you, you reap the benefit. I think there's there's too many people now, if it's tough, they don't 
wait around to to see how much they can learn on the other side of that you know and actually that's where the greatest learning happens is when you're when you're kind of out of your depth a little bit definitely because i remember that working in the raffles hotel back then it was like I start seven o'clock in the morning. I finish at eleven o'clock. My feet, my shift actually was a very long shift, and then that is where I start my competition. So in fact, when everybody finished, everybody went home. I was still in the kitchen trying to practice my competition. Right, and I think that uh, competition was really tough back where I am about twenty. 30 years ago because there was no uh, Google. I can't Google something and something just pop up. All my answers just pop up so easily. Yeah, um, of course. I have to learn by the hard way. And I think this makes me a very tough person. Yeah, and, and also that way of learning means that it sticks with you in a more strong way, I think, than rather than just having to you know, Google the answer straight away. Maybe you just then follow a set of instructions, but you don't necessarily retain the information. Whereas if you're doing it the the old school way, and I put that in inverted commas as well, yeah, you know, it you can't help but actually learn the process that way. I think I remember it was quite hard because nowadays it was very easy. You Google and then you you buy everything was uh, from Amazon. They deliver to your house the next yeah. day delivery. Unlike the olden day, you have to go to the library, you go to buy your books, or else you've got no information. You need to find your information in, in a very... You still can get your answer, but it's a more in a tedious way, a longer uh, way, but you still get your answer. Yeah, great stuff. Well, let me take you back to London then. You were at the, uh, the, the Great Eastern Hotel. What happened well, next? I opened the hotel in Canary Wolf, the Merritt's Hotel. Yeah. So I was the opening team. So it was really good fun as well. Then it was the first time that I opened a new hotel. So a great again a very great team in the Merritt's Hotel. Yeah. I worked very well with everyone. Um, I remember that there's one when I was working as a acting manager, the general manager. Right. There's a scenario that I almost felt dead myself. So I have someone that collapsed in the bar. Oh my word! And I said, "Oh my word! This is my first night, my first uh uh shift working as an acting uh, manager in the evening. Somebody just collect got collapsed in the bar. So I pick up the phone. I said that they said that uh Cherish, you need to come to the bar now. We have a scenario over here. So I saw this gentleman. He lie on the floor." And I was like, okay, now uh, what is next? We have to call the ambulance and things like that. And suddenly there is a, this a, a gentleman that walked in and he is a Liverpool doctor. Right. Uh, so that was uh, from the uh, football team. So I was very lucky that uh, he, he was all the way helping me make sure and sure that he was with the uh, patient. So I was very lucky. Again, he was he stayed with me throughout the journey to uh, this gentleman was, uh, I mean, the ambulance came and they took him. So it was a very a frightful moment for me. But yeah. he managed it very, very well. So thanks to the doctor. Yeah, well, I mean, but again, that's another scenario you know, where you, you take some lessons for you know, from a moment of adversity that turned turned into a positive. Yeah, yeah, and I, I and I and I and I become a good friend, and uh, I remember that he gave me a few ticket to watch the football match as well. So thank you very much. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm a Liverpool fan, so the um that yeah that has extra meaning for me. Yeah. So yeah. 
Great. Okay. And so from from the uh, the Marriott, that's the Marriott West India Key, I think it's yeah. called, isn't it? So from the Marriott West India Key, I went over to become the consultant for John Lewis. So I was the pastry chef over there and yeah. I brought them to a meeting. I uh, create pastry, do their food costing, a lot of uh, development over there. So I was very happy when I was in the John Lewis because they give me a lot of opportunity to showcase what I can do over there. Mm. So I was about three years over there and then I moved over to the Langham Hotel and that is where I start to grow myself. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, you were there for quite a long time, uh, I think, if uh, if I've read that correctly. And quite uh, an illustrious part of your career, just in terms of, I think, uh, the awards that you were winning, but also, you know, putting it on the map in a really positive way. Well, um, Langham Hotel is one of the best hotels that I work in. The best thing is that the team around me believed me and gave me the support that I needed. Then when I started there, we were just doing about 20 cover afternoon tea. When I left, we were doing about two 300 afternoon tea. So I was wow. very, very happy, very proud uh, when I left the Langham Hotel. I have an amazing team working behind me and I'm able to create what is in my mind. Did a few showpiece that I'm very proud of as well. And that is where I start to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And how long were you actually there for? I was there for eight years. Was it eight years in the end? Wow. But it never felt like it. I know you and I have had contact before we got involved with, with this podcast, but I, I'm trying to think when it might have been, and it may have been around that time, but I, I, I can't remember, to be honest. Yeah, so uh, again, working in the Langham was really hard work because I was there most of the time from morning to night because I was so passionate with what I was doing. To me, going to work is not like going to work. I mean, if you enjoy what you do, your life will not be another working day. So I enjoy so much that every project that I do, I make sure I do it very, very well. And I make sure that whatever I create, it needs to be different from other people yeah um, whatever i create it need to be very intriguing very creative and very innovative yeah does the creative process rest 100 percent with you or do you have in, in a scenario like that or do you have boundaries that are given to you by the brand uh, and then you come up with something from there well always a brief i think brief is very important for me give me the brief and I will take the brief and I will work something magical out from there. Yeah. And sometimes I think that it is it is what you put on the table. It is being different. It's being eyes catching on what you put on the table that draw attention. You need not give me the most expensive ingredient as long as I, ha- I use the best ingredient. But in another word, how do you turn the piece of chocolate into a masterpiece? Yep. It might be a block of chocolate. You can give 10 chefs a block of chocolate, but 10 chefs will come up with very different creation. So how do you become creative? What are you looking at? Are you looking at the height, the curve, the, the, the design? Where did your inspiration come from? And the worst thing about me is that I don't sleep well because I think all the time. Right. And it's very fascinating that I never get tired because I, I'm just 
I love what I do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it makes a big difference. You know, they're, as you as you said, it doesn't feel like you're going into work. You're just doing what you're you're passionate about. Yeah. So likewise, now working from home, I just love it. Like you know, a lot of time you'll see that on Instagram, I'll put that. Oh no, I'm still working, but I love working in the night because it's just so peaceful for me. Yeah. And there's no sound. It's just peaceful. I put on a classical music, and there I am. I'm in my own zone, and I love it. I have to say, your your Instagram page is uh, is phenomenally dribbly good. Some of the things oh, that you, you that you post on there. I'm a I'm a sourdough bread fiend, <laughs> and I don't actually I haven't got into making it myself. Maybe I should look into that. But I had I've never tasted your sourdough bread. The best sourdough bread I've ever had was at the Fat Duck, um, Heston Blumenthal's place. Uh-huh. Never tasted anything like it. And the great thing about that was, and I suppose this is this could be said of of every dish that that uh, that you come up with, other chefs come up with is that there was a story behind it. There was a reason it existed. It wasn't just about following a stock standard recipe. You know, this particular story was around the fact that that Heston had asked his team members to come up with an, a new and innovative sourdough recipe and said that, you know, if, if anyone can produce something that's of outstanding quality, then it will feature on the menu. And that's that was the story behind that. I remember that very, very clearly. And I, there is, I'm guessing it's the same for you. There, there will be a story as to why you have created a particular dish. Well, I think the understanding and the story behind for me is very crucial. And I was, I will always uh, advise a chef not to take a lot of recipe, but understanding recipe. The most important thing is that get your basic correct, get your basic very strong. What I mean is that if you do a mousse, a simple mousse, get it right, get it perfect. If you do a short crust pastry, make sure that it's well laid into the mold, make sure it's well baked, make sure you weigh the right recipe. And from there, once you are quite experienced, you are able to turn this very humble basic recipe into something phenomenal. Yeah. So it is through experience that you are able to do all this. But the basic is always very crucial for all the young chef. Yeah. And then I you know, I suppose the visual presentation comes with experience that you learn how to make things look exceptional. Correct. I um I of course taste is the uh, most important uh, point for food. However, you eat with your eye, you need to look scrumptious as well. Yeah. Right, definitely, especially when it comes to patisserie, I, I think it can really draw you in. You know, I think about those times that you're traveling wherever you go and you're in a city center somewhere and you walk past a, a patisserie. You can't, well, I certainly, I can't help but stop and look. You know, they, they, they pull you in. They say, come and eat me. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes I think the component the texture, the flavor, the profile uh, is so crucial. Mm. It's not just a piece of cake. How do you take this cake to the next level? How do you bring this cake from ordinary to the extraordinary? What ingredient do you add inside? Is that do you need a bit of salt? Does it taste umami? How does it look? How does it taste? What is the input inside? What is the story? They are also important in a slice of cake. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you get if you 
master these fundamentals, then you've got a great base to work from, haven't you? Correct. Great. So run us through, you, you, it, was, it was an award-winning part of your career. I mean, I suppose they've all been award-winning, but you won quite a few awards at the Langham. Just just talk us through some of those. Well, I uh, I was very, very fortunate to be awarded the best pastry chef in UK. So it was very, very emotional because I never think that I will win. I was nominated for the award, but never thought that I will be winning the award. Yeah. So uh, that night, I remember that I was wearing red and white because Singapore flag is red and white. So that night, I wear red and white. Yeah. You know, I want the Singapore flag to fly, fly very high in UK. And there's a few names being uh, called up. And uh, when they mention my name, I cry. I cry. And even today, when I think about it, it is so, it's still very emotional for me. Yeah. I was uh, blown away that I have actually won the award. Never have I thought that I will win the award. Well, I mean, it, it, you would have been keeping some very impressive company, I think. Well, any year that you do it, I guess. But so I, I think it's it's quite it's lovely to see actually that you you have almost this humility about your achievement, which is I think a, a really important part of your character. You know, it's good to stay humble even in the midst of success. I I think it's very important to be to be a human. Yeah, and to think what is right to do, and not to be proud. And to be humble, I think that is very important. To give more than you take, I think that is very important. I I'm brought up in a, a you know Asia culture, so I'm brought up very differently. That we usually will give more than we take. Right. Mm. Yeah. So from the Langham, where where did you go next? Well, and then I went to work for a very luxurious chocolate company. I was there for three years where I set up many, many cafes for uh, this luxurious company, chocolate company. Yeah. So then I was looking after the Middle East and I was looking uh, Europe as well. So what I do is that uh, it was quite a tough challenge for me as well because when I went to this company, there was nothing. There was no uh, set up kitchen and things like that. So I have to set up the kitchen. I have to set up the concept, the SOP, the recipe, and then the cafe, a few cafe being open. And then I move on into uh, Middle East and Europe. So that was, uh, that, was, that was a very enjoyable and challenging job for me. Right. Yeah. Well, mm. and, a, and a little bit different from, from what you'd been doing before. Well, I think I learned a lot as well because doing it uh, commercially and doing it in a hotel in, 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 in just one establishment is totally different. You need to think very differently. You need to think how you execute it. How do you bring... The process for me is very important. How you bring this slice of cake, how do you bring it so that you can bring it into Europe and uh, Middle East as well? Yeah. So the process for me is is crucial. The health and safety, how you freeze the cake... How does it look? How does it taste? Does freezing affect the taste after a few months? And all this is so crucial. Uh, so I think it's a very good uh, learning process for me. Yeah, I, absolutely. And then I, I suppose that takes us up to, to where you are now. Yes, yes. Fantastic. So you mentioned quite rightly, of course, that you, you, you're a TV judge. How did the, the TV work find you? Well, funny enough, I uh, received a call 
and they will ask me whether am I keen. Then I was thinking that yeah, why not? Because then pastry, the the level, the standard of pastry was、uh, was not as high, and、mm. I thought why not? I mean, it might be a good opportunity for me to mentor and to give back to the society what what I know, my knowledge. Um, so I said yeah, why not? So they came. We I went for a few audition, and.、Yep. I really enjoyed the whole process and never thought that I would become the judge. As I really, yeah. Firstly, because again, I I have to mention a couple of times that my English is not very good. So whenever I speak, I have to generate through my brain before I speak. Yeah, well, I suppose at least you you were upfront with with that. You certainly passed the screen test, and I have to say that you, I'm a big fan of the show. I. It's the same, actually, for me. With I never really got into Bake Off, the original, but the professionals version, I'm totally on board with, and it's exactly the same in Master Chef for me. I don't watch the regular Master Chef, but the Master Chef professionals. Maybe it's because I'm kind of on the fringes of the industry that,、um, to me, you just see an an extra level of capability, as you should, I suppose, because it's you're dealing with professional people. Yeah, so um, really enjoy being the judge over there. Everybody has been so supportive. Everybody has been so nice. I felt very comfortable now. I, in fact, I felt like a family whenever I went back for filming. Yeah, really enjoy it. There's no doubt about it. You uh, you definitely get the balance right between seriousness and entertainment. I think you're um, you're phenomenally entertaining. <laughs> Am I? I didn't know. Yeah, myself. Absolutely, because you're you've got a, your character comes out、uh, on screen, and、um, you know I I think it's clear as well that contestants really respect you as they should because you know you you've reached some pretty high highs in your career, and I'm guessing that a lot of them are are aspiring to become you know at your at your、Thank、level you. of consistency and excellence. Thank you for your kind word. I think it's very important to be real. To be myself when I critique, when、yep. I critique, I critique what I eat. Yeah, and it's not just I would imagine about being entertaining. You've got to be authentic. You've got to, you'll know, speak the truth, really. I think I think being yourself, being real for me is the the most important thing when you come to be a judge. I think the audience can pick it up if you're not real. Yeah, the audience can tell that uh you're you're being pretentious. So I think it's very important that I I need to be myself. It need to be cherished. Yeah, and that certainly comes across.、Uh, mm. Although I mean I say that I've never actually met you, so <laughs> I don't know what you're like in real real life. But my dealings with you and the run up to to having this interview, you 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 are authentic and you 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 speak what's in your brain and um and I a hundred percent respect that. Well, I have to say that I'm worse in my own kitchen. Really? Okay. How I work in my own kitchen is that I really do not like people to talk in the morning. It just sometimes wind me up when people talk in the kitchen. Right. I I felt that in the morning everybody need to focus. When the piece of pastry has to be forty five degrees, every piece has to be the same. For me, it's very crucial.、Hmm. If I That the mousse has to weigh to thirty thirty、uh, gram. Every piece has to weigh the same. So precision is so important in my kitchen. Yeah. Um. And I I felt that if you talk, you can, but gently, not over the board. 
um, I like everybody to really, really focus, do their best, deliver whatever we have to deliver to our our customer. And then in the afternoon, they can have a break. They, you know, they can have the, whatever they have to do. And in the afternoon, I'm a little bit more relaxed. Right. Mm. Got it. So head down, crack on. Crack we'll, on. We'll reap the benefit of this once we get yeah, past. Yeah, because in the morning, it's very crucial. The, the chef job is to make sure that they organize, they oversee, and they pick up whatever uh, problem even before the problem arise. So this yeah. is. This is we and uh, to make sure that my chef have all the tools to do the job. So whether is it the knife, whether is it the pots and pan, whether is it that there's a stewarding. So I'm always the first one in the kitchen to make sure that they have all the tools to do the job. So when they come, they only focus. They don't have to worry about anything else, but do a good job for me. Yeah, mm. yeah, well, and that that keeps the focus absolutely focused. Definitely. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself? In, in the midst of competition, bonding with the teams or do you, tr- do you try to keep a distance? Well, I think we need to be quite friendly. We, we, we should not be frightening the contestant. Yeah. It's very, very important. However, we are there to encourage everyone. And that is very crucial because being in the competition is very competitive, is very frightening. Um, the environment is very new. Everyone is very new to the whole event. So I think being warm to them, to them I think, is very, very important to make them feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, well, I, that's probably the voice of experience from you as well, right? Because you, you've taken part in competitions yourself. And so you you know how daunting it can be. Yes, definitely. Yeah. One one more question on on Bake Off, just because I'm just going to indulge myself for a second. This is nothing to do with with baking or anything, but Tom Allen. I am a massive fan of Tom Allen. What's he like? Oh my goodness, he's the most delightful man to be with. He's he's very enjoyable to be with. Even off screen, he is so funny. Right. He's so, ever so polite. He is. I. I can't. I can't say any bad thing. He's faultless. I love him to bits. Yeah, he's just. He always. I mean, I've never met him outside of screen, but his stand-up comedy is just fantastic. But also, he does come across as actually a really lovely human being. And but yeah, no, I'm just. I'm just a massive fan. In fact, our whole household is a massive fan. <laughs> But anyway, it's not about him. This is about you. So, okay. So some very basic questions. Just really, I suppose, how do you now find inspiration? You're you're super experienced. Where does your inspiration come from? Well, that is a very good question. Everybody asks me this question. A lot of time, I Google a lot. I read a lot. And anything that fascinates me, even the environment, the wind, the sound, even a street rapper sometimes can excite me. I can't tell you where I get my inspiration from because sometimes I felt that the harder you try, the difficult it is to find your answer. Yeah. And sometimes when you don't find the answer, the answer is right in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes I find that I try the whole day to, to create a piece of pastry. It never turned up. And one day I just take maybe an hour and my pastry is there ready to serve. It's bizarre. Yeah, I, well, I, I suppose that's the thing about being in, in the world of creation is that you kind of, you can't force 
creation, right? And in, in a situation like this, it's got to it's got to come to you naturally in yeah. whatever form that may look like. Yeah, and sometimes what you have in your head is different from your presentation. So you need to practice, you need to do a lot before you achieve the best. And sometimes people ask me, am I happy with what I produce? I might say that, yes, today I might be very happy with what I have put on the plate. However, I think two weeks later, you will see me that I was still improved in that plate of uh, dessert. And sometimes my, my, my chef, my colleague that worked with me, they know me by now that, you know, two weeks time, I'm going to change something. Whether, uh, you know, I'm, I look at the environment, if the pastry has been sitting there, for example, afternoon tea, pastry might have sit on the table for half an hour before my client or my guest eat it. Would I like to eat it that way? So I, I keep on asking questions because I'm still searching for perfection every minute, yeah. every second. Yeah, well, and I suppose that's that's another fundamental thing is that you know you you're still a consumer, right? You still go and consume uh, other yeah. products. The first thing that you look for is, do I like this? Yeah, but because sometimes what the chef create, they've forgotten that the creation is one thing, but how the guests actually enjoy it, and that is another story. Because mm. at the end of the day, it is the consumer that we have to please as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you've had a, a long career so far. You must have some examples of some funny stories you could share with us. Funny story? Well, well, I have a lot of funny story, but one of the most... Uh, I laugh up to today, I still laugh about it. And I was at um, uh, the Langham Hotel. They asked me to create something again for Christmas. So I said, okay, this time I'm going to create something different. And I, I always tell myself, okay, Cherish, you need to measure the lift. You need to measure the height. And I'll make sure you measure the door. Make sure your showpiece is able to get into the lift because yeah. showpiece can be very heavy. Oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah. And I, I, I spoken to the engineer department. We're all very happy. And I remember that I built this uh, two meter uh, long and 1.6 meter tall Langham Express. And I still remember that I break it into carriages so that I can uh, push it individual carriages into the, the lift. Right. So it took me about six months to create and then uh, work with the engineer very closely and uh, the day to display, we were all very excited. All my uh, staff, we worked throughout the night. And when we were about to push the train into the uh, lift, it was 0 0.1. Too big. Off scale. It was 0 0.1. It was like, oh, I was jumping around. It was so funny. <laughs> and uh, end up, we have to carry each individual uh, showpiece by hand, up three floor to reach uh, 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 where we're supposed to display. It was good fun. God, yeah. So And, and that would have been heavy, right, as well? It that's... was really heavy. And, and luckily, I have a lot of strong men behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I have done it myself. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I mean, there must, I suppose, have been many, many occasions whereby, especially when you're dealing with, I suppose, showpiece items, the the level of pressure that must come with not dropping something, you know, making sure it doesn't hit, hit 
a wall on the way past. I, I mean, I can't. That, that's a level of pressure that I can't. I can't even cope with just thinking about it. Yeah. So when we build the, uh, you know, first you think about the showpiece, then you think about how to get there, the process to get there. Then you have to think whether uh, the gravity is very important. Make sure your showpiece don't collapse. And uh, what happened if Plan A doesn't work? What is Plan B? Um, mm. There's a lot of organization to be done before even you build the showpiece. Building the showpiece is great fun for me. But how do you get there? For me, it's the process that you have to really thought it through. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, no, I, I salute you. And I suppose actually it's uh, just going back to the, the, the TV show just for a second. It is one of those moments when you're watching a team put something together a, a big showpiece and just at the inappropriate moment something drops off or it falls over or something and I don't care who you are if you're watching that you can't help but just look at you know oh my god kind of moment um watching these things happen because I, I think everybody who watches that just wants everybody to succeed <laughs> No, definitely. We don't want anybody to fail. We want people to be proud of what they've done. Yeah, no, heartbreaking. Have you had um, any moments where you've you've felt terrified or completely out of your depth? Well, I guess there's many moments that, that, you know, especially when you've given you a challenge with very time limit, like if they don't give you ample time to have a thought, what you have to do and for me that is very very challenging yeah well the last minute.com is really bad yeah well that's <laughs> that's when um that's when the the original idea just goes to absolute bits yeah yeah pressure is good but too much pressure is bad but to be fair i quite like uh being pressurized as well i think i i produce uh, well uh, during uh, this kind of uh, stressful moment because everything is that you need to click, you need to think, you need to react fast as well. So I, yeah. I like those kind of moments as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Well, and these are the moments as well where you learn a lot more about yourself and yeah. what you're capable yeah. of. Yeah. And then how you direct your people, you know, how you say, okay, you have to do this, you have to do that. And, and for me, you are the driver. You need to drive the whole team. And if you are not strong enough to drive the team, and that is where they all collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite thing that you like to, to create? Well, I always take me back to Singapore or um, what my nans uh, used to cook for me. For me, I like really simple food. When I eat at home, I re like really simple food. If you give me bean on toast with grilled cheese and a glass of wine, for me, that is heaven. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, making a sourdough and putting a lot of curry in there is just like, uh, you know, it take me right back to Singapore. I guess it's craving for Singapore food at the moment. Right. That's mm -hmm. that feeling of home. Comfort food. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, look, there's a time and place for precision and there's a time and place for, you know, just letting it all out. No, definitely for me. I love Sunday rose. I absolutely love it. You know, with a lot of gravy, oh, I can melt for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's the the great thing about the I think the industry that we that we work in is you know there it's a coming together of so many cultures that you 
we all take bits from from everyone around the world and you know you have your things like you know, I absolutely love Thai food but it doesn't mean that I don't like other food anymore at the appropriate moment yeah. there's just it's just uh, well I just like food actually <laughs> that's the that's the bottom line <laughs> great stuff okay well I mean wow I mean you you've uh, you've certainly achieved so far in your career I'd imagine there's a, a hell of a lot more to come and um and I wish you all the very best with the uh, the new opening uh, at the Pan Pacific. Thank you. I'll certainly be uh, be coming along to check it out when it's when it's opened. Um, what would you say to to somebody who was considering a, a career in hospitality? Well, definitely, I think at the end of the day, you need to enjoy what you do. You need to have the passion. For me, it's very very important. And again, it's going to be hard work. But never say never, never give up and keep pushing yourself. And belief in yourself, I think, is very, very crucial as well. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Fantastic. So if, if people listening to this want to learn a little bit more about you or chew the fat on your career, what would be the best method for them to, to do that? Well, um, I'm always uh, uh, communicating in Twitter and Instagram. If you tap into uh, my Instagram or Twitter, I can be reached there very, very easily. Fantastic. Mm. Well, thank you very much for, for sharing your story with us today. It's been a real pleasure to chat. And as I say, I wish you all the very best. And I'll be I'll be tuning into the final few episodes of this season to see what happens. Well, thank you for having me. And I really uh, enjoyed the chat with you. Fantastic. Take care, Cherish. Thank you. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Soon. Bye-bye. And there we have it. A wonderful chat with Cherish, a real insight into what you need to make it to the top. Flexibility, dedication and passion. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week, so hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star written review. It really does make a massive difference. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.